From the red carpet to the celebrity street style hairdos and hair don'ts, this is Get Trust With Us. Here's your host, ladies and gentlemen, Us Weekly's beauty director, Ms. Gwen Flamberg. Hey guys, it's Gwen, and you're listening to Get Trust With Us. Today in the studio, I am joined by my co-pilot, in all things Bote, and really my day-to-day life here at Us Weekly Magazine and usmagazine.com, Miss Beth Shapori. Hey, guys. Beth, what's up? You know, got big hair going on because we've got a real muggy day here in New York City. Here we are in the middle of August. Yeah. It's hot. We're bothered. Yeah. Yeah, we both have, like, mermaid waves going on that are getting bigger as the day. <laughs> no, it is so true. I mean, I keep liking, you know, I keep, I keep like... I keep liking to say, is that grammar? Is that like grammatically correct? I keep go with it. I think it's okay. I've I've been saying a lot this summer. Thank God we are living in an age of acceptance and inclusivity. And when, you know, flaws are beautiful, right? Because I I just let my hair be as frizzy as it can be. And quite honestly, I kind of think it looks chic. I think you look amazing. Well, I just think it looks chic because right now it's like it is chic to just embrace what used to be something that you needed to fix. Yeah, yeah. And for the listeners at home who are not understanding why we're talking about this, Gwen has these amazing natural waves. I just have a she, lot of hair, but you have yeah, a lot of hair too. That's true, but you usually straighten your hair or at least make it sleeker than you have I try to. to let it I really, go. I really do try But to. she's been letting it really like feel its real potential <laughs> the last couple of weeks. And it's been amazing. We were all dying over it. I mean, I, I here's what I like about it, you guys. I like that I don't have to do anything. I like that you don't have to do anything. I get too. it. That's I leave so the great. house in like, you know, let's not get it twisted. About 17 minutes. I'm not going to say <laughs> two minutes. About 17. But that's, but that's pretty good. Now, in this heat of summer, Beth, do you find that you wear less makeup? Um... I I find that I have to change my makeup. Oh. I don't know that I'm wearing less of it because I'm probably, I'm always going to be wearing something on my skin and a little concealer and my blush and like even in a light day for me is like four products. But um, I, I have to do things that are, they don't have so much moisture in them because they'll slide yeah. off. It's true. So like a moisturizing foundation is not great. Um but like, I mean, I'm always going to do fill in my brows. Like there are just some things that no True. matter what I'm going to do. So. True. Well, I find that, you know, it's like I'm kind of, I love to wear makeup and I usually do an eye. You know, we've talked about yeah, this on so the podcast always do an eye. before. Yeah. I love doing an eye because I don't know why. I just love, I like doing like a waterline liner and like doing shadow and like doing my whole eye. But I find that like in this heat, I want to wear less color on my face. Uh Uh-huh, okay. So basically, I mean, I do my brows and I kind of use the same bronzer. I swipe it on my lids and my cheekbones and I have been wearing a bright pop of color on my lips. Yeah. Which is so funny because a bright lipstick is like, it seems like more makeup, but I'm actually wearing less. And this is a great segue to tell you guys that we have an incredible special guest in the studio today. We have Rachel Felder, who is the author of the book Red Lipstick that just came out. Hi, Rachel. Hi, very happy to be here. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. I, I 
I love that you were talking about the heat and the humidity because one of the things I get asked a lot having written the book is, uh, what's the perfect red lipstick for me? Oh my gosh, I can't wear red lipstick. And, and I always tell people to have a wardrobe. And I think that on a day like today that's so sticky, exactly to your point, the pop of color is like instant face, instant it's, done. It's instantly done. Right. But you don't want necessarily something super matte. You know, what looks good in the winter on a cold day looks different, looks just not right this time of year. You're so right. It's like you rarely think about that, how there are so many different incarnations of red lipstick, but obviously you have explored all of them I'm for this book. I, I've, I'm sort of going with like a stain right now for the for the summertime, and it's probably off because I'm in the middle of drinking a really fantastic cup of coffee, you guys. I'm a coffee addict. But the book is called Red Lipstick, an Ode to a Beauty Icon. And I love so much that you are talking about red lipstick as a beauty icon, not necessarily, you know, a celebrity name or you know, a uh, film or, you know, so tell us how you came about the idea for this book. Well, I was really surprised that no one had done a red lipstick book before, I have to say. That's true. There's lipstick books, there's makeup books, but no one had done a red lipstick book before. And it is the most iconic makeup item. I mean, you that know, is so true. We, we all know there's trends in makeup, there's new products, there's classic things like black mascara but if you had to name one makeup item that every person knows and identifies as the cosmetic, it's red lipstick. Totally. And it's, and it's been popular for centuries and centuries and centuries. It's popular with celebrities. It's popular with royalty. It's popular with real people. And because it has such an impact, it, um, it's ubiquitous. Royalty and celebrities wear it, the expensive version. Mere mortals can buy it for a few dollars, you know. Well, in fact, isn't lipstick, isn't there that, that, that it's not even a quote. It's like, it's an actual diatribe. It's like, even in times of depression and war, the only thing that doesn't stop being sold in great amounts is lipstick. Well, it's, yes, that's absolutely right. But it's even more extreme than that. Mm. Um, There's a um, algorithm that when, when depressions happen and when and when recessions happen, lipstick sales go up. Oh, and and it's funny that you mentioned war because World War II and I go into this in the book was a major red lipstick moment. And in that era of time, lipstick was red. There was there weren't really there were orangey reds and blue reds, but lipstick was red. And Winston Churchill in the UK rationed loads of things during World War II. Many, many things were rationed. Food, nylon, metal. He deliberately did not ration lipstick. Is that because lipstick makes people feel happy? Or is it, you know, lipstick is so synonymous with sexuality? I think both. And on top of that, in that era, think about... um, I Love Lucy, although it was a little bit later. Think about great movies from the 1940s. Lipstick was red, and if you were a woman, you were always made up. You know, it was that era of my husband goes to work, and I have the, you know, martini and the slippers and the cigar ready for him when he comes home. (laughs) And so I think— 
being able to wear lipstick every day made women feel normal in a way that if that was taking, taken away from them, it would be even more extreme. Right. Yeah. Now, what is it about red lipstick that makes the, the wearer feel powerful? Because there's a confidence involved. Okay. You, you give off the vibe that you know what you're doing. You are sure of yourself. You are sure of your words. You are not saying maybe just wanted to. I'm sorry. I'm not sure. You are saying <laughs> emphatically, here I am. And I think in terms of sexuality, it is you show empowerment. You have the power in your hands. That's why people like Madonna and right. Rihanna and this kind of celeb leans towards it all the time. You know, you see them off duty as well as on duty wearing right, that. Right. Um, and um, there's a confidence involved. There just is. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. What like so I'm looking through the the book and you have these gorgeous photos of these gorgeous women that like are super iconic these moments was it such a pain to go and find those pictures and get clearance I can't oh, even imagine Thank you for asking cuz that was not the most fun part of doing the book She was like book. writing the book that was the yeah. easy part yeah. Absolutely yeah. that is exactly the way I would say it Wow I, this is my fifth book I write for big publications I'm Rachel really, is a New York Times I am not steady on staff. writer I write freelance for that lovely publication a lot and I'm grateful to But uh, I um the writing comes easily to me, and I'm obsessed with this subject, and I write about beauty and well, have you for wear, decades. Let's just tell our listeners, you wear red lipstick. I don't think I have ever seen you, and Rachel and I know each other for many years. I have never seen you without red lipstick on. Yes, I wear it every single day. I go through 18 tubes a year. Wow. Yeah. And do you only wear one? Do you have a signature lipstick? No, I really have a wardrobe because uh, wintertime I veer a little darker. I happen to look best in a blue-red, but in the summertime an orangey red is more fun. And yes, on a hot day you wear something different. On sure, a Saturday brunch it's different than an office meeting. But to go back to clearing the photos, the images, <laughs> oh. So images in a book are twofold. You need to get permission uh, for, you need to get the image and right. that costs something. Uh -huh. uh, and then you have to get clearance to use that image in the book. That's very complicated. And this book has everything from classic movie star images of Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn right, yeah. Monroe and then cool music images. We were looking at Sade before and Debbie Harry and then a lot of incredible art by Man Ray and uh, Walt Kuhn, an incredible artist. And that clearance, there's over 100 images, was really, really arduous. Well, the good news is that you got so many beautiful images in it and it would make a great coffee table book for that exact reason. Yeah. I mean, we chose to make it the size that it is, which is kind of uh, easy gift size so that it could be a little bit more portable. But yes, it you could have it on your coffee table and be proud and just glance through it. And it's written in a way that it's um, hopefully there's lots of substance in there, but you can breeze through it. It's it's not written as one dense text. It's divided a lot. So you can in that coffee table way. So well, who was the first um, person who wore lipstick? Like in history, how did red lipstick come to be? Well, it's been worn for over 2,000 years, wow. and there was a queen in <laughs> the Middle East that was the first person that we know of wearing it. For a long time, women and men wore it. Uh, but what was it made of then? Right. Well, so the they, blood of 
something. Well, it was a, a lot. It was made from stones, from oh, ground stones like red ochre. Wow. And then one of the first really prominent red lipstick fans was Cleopatra. Sure. And her red lipstick was made from crushed beetles. Right. And then poorer people, her subjects, so to speak, in Egypt, well, I guess strictly speaking, they were her subjects, uh, still wore the red ochre lip coloring. And that was less of a blue carmine red and right. more of a sort of rusty red. Yeah. So the tone of red lipstick started to delineate class as much as uh, good taste in wearing red lipstick. Right. But yeah. the whole like the idea of red lipstick and rouge is to mimic the flush you get when you're sexually excited. I mean, really, that's what lipstick is about, well, isn't when it? Well, it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the for my Red Lipstick book, I interviewed a huge range of people. I interviewed makeup artists, of course, sure. and some people from brands, of course, sure. and experts. And then I interviewed scientists. And there's been a lot of studies about the effect of red lipstick both. Not a lot, but there's been key studies, yeah. I should say it that way, um, uh, of the about the effect of red lipstick on the wearer and right. on the observer. And it's been- Oh, tell us everything because, you know, it's like, remember we did that podcast that was, it got so many listens. It was so great with the dating expert. Yeah. And she said that you should not wear red lipstick right. to a first date. Because you, yeah, you can't okay, make out but and all that. Exactly. <laughs> so like, what does science have to say about that? Well, wait, first let's talk about my vast experience, <laughs> uh, which is I have never gone on a first date or any date not wearing red lipstick. <laughs> I've never really had a problem in this department. Uh, <laughs> it can come off on the um, kissy as well as the kisser uh, when you have the red lipstick on. I always carry wipes in my bag. That's genius. I carry the little wipes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I care if I'm wearing. This is actually a funny detail. If I if I'm on a date that I'm just wearing like a bringing a little clutch as opposed to a big bag. I bring eye makeup remover wipes because the package is They're real small. small. Yes. Right. So uh, so if you're going to wear red lipstick on a first or any date, you just need to come prepared. <laughs> and I would say it's a barometer of if you want to be with that guy or girl or not, if, you're, if they like your red lipstick. So let's just start with that. Amazing. But back to the science of it all. Um, it's been proven that the gaze uh, on someone who wears red lipstick is longer than the gaze on someone who wears no lipstick sure. or neutral lipstick. It's just been proven that way. And then, yes, there is this theoretical correlation that many scientists agree with, and I happen to, that there the the redness simulates sexual arousal. And um, and also, there's this weird thing. I had it in the book. I think I ended up taking it out because it just seemed so weird, but here it is, that uh, some species of mammals, like baboons, when they get sexually excited, they get reddened as well. And the, so it's not just humans. It's like a real sure. oh, yeah. tribal thing. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the red carpet because we are carbo-loading for the VMAs. We're getting ready to, to, to work really hard next week. Um, the red carpet, it's like when you think about red carpet makeup, it's a red lip. That's right. Well, when you think about glamour, you think about a red lip. That's when true. you think about I'm a star, you think about a red lip. And that's the VMAs an, is an interesting example because the red lip at the Oscars, of course, that's, that's like right. a no-brainer because that's the ultimate moment. But I think it's so synonymous with a certain kind of star power that you see it also at the red on the red carpet at 
the VMAs, at the Nickelodeon Awards, at the Grammys, at things that aren't so like formal red carpet. Right. Because it it gives off a vibe of like, I'm a superstar. Yep. Don't ignore me. I'm here. It, it goes along hands in hands with power. That's right. That's yeah. right. The other thing is, as you were saying before about wearing a bright lip, if you wear the red lip a lot of your makeup is kind of done. You know, if you're going to do a real strong red lip, you're probably not going to do that strong eye at the same time. So I think it makes it all, you have a spotlight on your lips when you're talking to people on the red carpet, the focus is on your lips. It's just all good. It's true. It's true. I wonder if more people wear red lips in their everyday now because everyone is so used to taking pictures on Instagram. Because let's be honest, it's like nothing pops in a photo like a red lip. Well, one of the people that I interviewed for the book that was a true honor to interview was Paloma Picasso. Mm-hmm. And Paloma Picasso um, started to wear the red lipstick in the late 60s, early 70s. And Paloma Picasso was in this crew of incredibly chic people like Manolo Blahnik and, sure. and um, I mean, uh, Karl Lagerfeld, really neat people. And, of course, it's decades before cell phones. So they used to all take Polaroids. And she told me that one of the reasons she started to wear the red lipstick was in the Polaroids, it would pop. And if you see Polaroids of people wearing red lipstick from her and anyone else, it does. There's something about the way the Polaroid film saturates. So I think you have a point. It's like when you do an Instagram post, you want to look together and – If you have the red lipstick, you have, like, a focus to the shot, and it's strong. And there's just something about, like, who's that girl? Yes, exactly. Speaking of who's that girl, Madonna, she named the lipstick that she made famous— well, it's, I would it, say it's Mac Ruby Woo. Well, I was about to say too. Although so that that is in the book, and we have a beautiful picture of her in the book, wearing though the. Beth uh, is a big Madonna fan. I the am. biggest. I oh, am. Cool, yes, cool. she's my best friend. She doesn't know that. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, keep me posted when you have you know uh, pedicures and and brunch together. Um, yes, so Mac created that lipstick for her, and it was supposed to be called Verushka after the 60s model, and Verushka vetoed that. Oh, how funny. So it was called Russian Red, and it it sort of swept up this craze because she was so famous then, and she still is now. Oh, right, it's Russian Red, not Ruby Woo. No, well, it is Ruby Woo, because what happened was it was oh, Russian Red. It changed. And exactly, they changed oh, the Oh, I na- totally didn't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I thought they were two different colors. Me too. Okay, so the story Rachel is, knows. Voila, here's the this story. This is so genius. I've always wondered yeah. this. And this is in the book. So so, uh, so it was called Verushka. Verushka said, no, you can't call it Verushka. So they called it Russian Red, and it was the matte finish, which which is Ruby Woo today. Okay. And that hyper matte was really in vogue for a couple years, and then it became less the thing. So that lipstick was renamed Ruby Woo, and and there are incredible statistics of how much it sells a minute. I mean, it's still super crazy popular. Uh, for good reason. It looks good. That blue-red looks good on, like, pretty much everybody. A very sophisticated finish. And then Russian Red, they... They created a new lipstick called Russian Red, which is slightly different. It's slightly, well, it's not as hyper matte, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit darker, ever so slightly. And then there's Mac Red, too, which is in that family, but right. also, but is like even a notch less matte. So what's your favorite red lipstick? I'm Switzerland. I don't have a favorite. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I love that you go through 18 shoes a year and you know that you do. Do you, do yeah. you have one that you know, like, I am i don't want this to come off all day and you know it's going to stay? 
Well, see, I have techniques to have the lipstick oh, tell stay us the very techniques. well. So here's the techniques. Share your secrets. Yes. Okay, first of all, if you want your lipstick to last, you have to do it on a beautifully exfoliated, good condition lip. So what is your what is your trick for exfoliating your lips? So I there's lots of good exfoliators out there at every price point, but I tend to just mix sugar or salt, usually sugar, with olive oil. Oh. And I do that the in the evening, okay. like, you know, you got to prepare for date night. What can I say? So you do that, and then you take it off, and then I sleep in a lot of lip balm. And the for me, my advice is you need to really slather it. So if an expensive one is out of your price point or that seems kind of wasteful, anything that you can slather on a lot of. Sure. And then um, usually the next morning your lips are in beautiful shape. And then if I want my lipstick to stay on for a long time, I usually line the entire lip in liner. I was just going to ask, to line or not to line? Yeah, okay. so I like lip liner. I line every day. If I, if I don't need it to last forever, um, if I plan to kiss it off and that's okay, I, I just line the outside in red and then I fill in with lipstick. But if I really want it to stay on, I line the entire lip. And uh, I, it's important to use a shade that's similar to your lipstick shade yeah. unless you want to play with things, you right, know, because right. you can cocktail. And I should add, I often cocktail lipsticks too. That's oh, yeah, lot. of course. Right. I agree. I do too. Right. I right. do too. Right. And it's fun now, you know, because it's really like we're in the age of anything goes. You can create an ombre lip color. Yes. You could color block. You could really do whatever you want. Yeah, which is great. And also, you know, some people with the shape of their lips feel like the ombre or or a real um, saturated center and moving out to something a little fairer is right. the way to go. And it's lipstick. It comes off. You change it. Yeah. It's not a tattoo. Like, enjoy oh, it. Oh, makeup is the best. The best. It washes off. What's your favorite red lipstick? Oh, huh. I, um, you know, there's a, a liquid one that Hourglass makes, and I cannot think of the shade name. Right. But I, that's by far my favorite. Wow. Now, so many I, red lipsticks. There's so many. Now, the liquid lipstick, I've... I've done a lot of talks in a few countries. About I'm not the into the liquid lipstick, and I'll tell you why. Yes, I'd like to know. I don't like how flat it looks. It has no kind of like heft or um, I don't know. It loses its – it just – it looks one-dimensional. It loses its kind of like zhuzh. Right. Although you could top it with something. You, you could, could. choose a I mean, it would, it would certainly help. It would be a great like first base for sure. Right. Especially if you're going to get to first base. It's called Siren. Sorry. It just oh, yes. That's right. Siren. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. I have to look into that. Yeah. That's right. I like it. The the other two things that are potential issues with the liquid lipsticks in general uh, are they're quite drying. Yes. Very drying. Right. And the other thing is um, some of the applicators are quite long. And even if you're a red lipstick professional like me, it's hard not to get it on your teeth. Yeah. And lipstick, red lipstick is extremely chic, but not on your teeth. I mean, there's, there ain't nothing chic about that. That's right. for sure. Right. So what celebrities do you think wear red lipstick really well? Oh, so, so many, many. So many people look so incredible many. in it. Well, Madonna is iconic, and she will always, in my mind, be associated with the great red lip. Yes. Um, and Rihanna looks incredible in it. And, of course, you know, Taylor Swift had a song about it. <laughs> the, the celebrities that were the most influential to me personally with the red lip were the punk rock singers of the 70s, like Debbie Harry and Susie yep. Sue. They're included in the book as well. But 
most people look good in a red lip is really the bottom line. I think everybody looks good in a red lip. I think it's just about having the confidence to pull it off. And really, there's like nothing more appealing than confidence. Well, that's right. But also, if you're a celebrity because you've been in a film or a TV show or uh, are a musician or uh, are in the theater, there's a theatricality to what you do anyway. There's a public face. Right. So you're going to have that confidence that to pull it off is no problem. Right. You know, I I, I speak to some, quote unquote, civilian women that ask for advice. They, they are a little intimidated about red lipstick. And I always say, you know, a great starting point is a stain or is sure. a tinted red lip yeah, balm. Yeah, dip your toe in. Don't yes. be afraid. It's just makeup. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Now, what about feminism and lipstick? Because there has been some debate about whether or not the suffragettes wore pink lipstick or red lipstick. Oh, no. That's anyone who says they wore pink lipstick is incorrect. Incorrect. They wore red lipstick. It really was the only lipstick shade at that point. But there's an additional issue about the suffragettes, which is that and this is covered in the book, red lipstick became synonymous with the suffragette movement in various countries. And one of the biggest suffragette marches was down Fifth Avenue, and Elizabeth Arden already had her salon there. And she had her staff take cartons of red lipstick and hand them out to the suffragettes that were marching. It were amazing. Like in the same way that if you go to cheer on someone at a marathon, they, you know, you hand them water. Yes. She had her staff handing out red lipstick. That is so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should bring that back. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but it is, I'm glad you asked about feminism because I don't think it's a coincidence that women like AOC wear red lipstick. I think that's really interesting. Because, you know, you wear pale pink lipstick or brownish lipstick or purple lipstick and maybe you look groomed, but you don't necessarily look strong. And when you think of the things that women wear to feel strong and empowered in, say, a meeting, like when I get dressed for a meeting, maybe I put on a blazer or maybe I put on a status watch or maybe I put on very tailored trousers. But those are all men's items that are just pared down for women. The only real feminine power item that you can put on really is red lipstick. It is so fascinating. You have been one of our favorite guests in the studio because this was just so fascinating. And we learned we learned yeah. so much. And also, you know, there's so much that can be put to use. Like I'm going to try those stay put tricks. And I might start carrying some eye makeup remover wipes with yeah. me on dates. I might do it. The gentle ones you want because they're not really meant for your lips. So the more gentle, the better. But it's just oil. I I mean, I think it's all good. It's all good. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You guys should all check out Red Lipstick and Ode to a Beauty Icon by Rachel Felder. Thank you so, so much for coming into the studio and hanging out with us today. Thank you so much. An absolute pleasure. Really fun. Please go to usmagazine.com slash stylish for more celebrity beauty tips and tricks all week long. We will be back next week with another episode where we're going to dive deep into what happened on the VMA's red carpet when it comes to makeup and hair. And until next week, stay gorgeous.